This is the Gazette from Association Studio Shop in Portland, Oregon. Edition 1, Nourishment, with Allison Regal of Body Ceremony. So, I thought of you because you were, of course, the first person I thought of when I was thinking about this energy of nourishment. Um, and I think, you know, what I realized is that pretty much everything you do seems to kind of revolve around this. Like, oh, by the way, thank you for the beautiful thank you. Oh, I just got it today. Um, I got today? Wow, that's a good It might have been sitting in my box. Oh. Um, but yeah, I just thought like, every, like the way you kind of move through the world is, is kind of like, I feel like nourishment is always kind of present in like mm. your choices and your actions and how you live your life and like how mm-hmm. you relate to your friends. And I was just wondering like, if you see that as like a conscious decision or if that's just something that's just so natural to your being or Mm. like how you would kind of think about nourishment. Well, I, I think it's it's a certain amount of it is like, is just kind of embedded with who I am, like Mm. a a certain amount, but the rest of it is conscious. Um, And I think that it's been, I just it's it's evolved over my lifetime yeah. into to the point where it is now. Um, in terms of just making conscious choices around, I mean, because I I picture nourishment as like everything that we, well, not everything we consume, but the nourishing things that we consume, and that it can come from so many different areas of life. Right. Um, so I don't think I was always so aware of that when I was younger. Like oh, this music is either is like potentially nourishing or just or not nourishing, or right. this um, shirt is <laughs> right. nourishing or not nourishing right. to not only myself, but then to like the, the ripple effect um, to the environment and to other people and all of that. So, right. um, so it just, I was talking about this earlier around like every decision, every, every like purchasing decision mm-hmm. and try to consider nourishment. Right. Um, how it's potentially nourishing to the web of everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it, will it will it last in my life? Does it have lasting value? Um, mm-hmm. Is it disposable? Um, right. It's funny talking about this because like, we've already talked about this. A lot. No, but it's cool. But, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think that like nourishment nourishment comes in through all of our senses. Mm-hmm. So if we think of it as like a multi sensory possibility um nourishment through our eyes and beauty and so I, I feel like I, I don't know why I keep coming back to buying things but you know we're always bringing things into our life so what we choose is important and so yeah um things that have beauty nourish us um because they make us feel good and there's a resonance with our souls and I think that's another piece um if you're really tuned in to what's potentially nourishing it has a deep like it has a deep resonance um so what is potentially nourishing to one person is not necessarily nourishing to another person mm-hmm. i think that's another important piece mm-hmm. um so would you say that you like are cultivating nourishment in like is it an act of cultivating nourishment in your life like when you make yeah. Go through your day, make choices about not only what you buy, but what you eat and like 
like how you spend your time and who you spend it with and yeah that's yeah. another thing i was going to say is is yeah like ener- energy and thinking about what is a potentially nourishing environment or energetic exchange or person mm-hmm. and how is that um nourishing to me so and the, the whole point of me being nourished is so that i can also nourish others so it's just a chain it's a cycle mm-hmm. and if we were all um attuned to nourishing ourselves like what would that, what be, would like? that be like <laughs> exactly. yeah what would our world be like yeah um but yeah that's a i like what you brought up about people and relationships um mm. because i feel like um, that's something that I take into account and that doesn't mean that, not mean to sound like hard-edged about it, but I do try to cultivate relationships that feel nourishing to me and that I, I feel um, like there's a really nice exchange mm-hmm. um, rather than something that's draining, for example. Right, um, yeah. yeah. And... Yeah, constantly thinking about what I'm eating and <laughs> drinking, right? And consuming in, in culinary ways, right? Um, for sure. Which ha- ha- I feel like is its own category um, of sensual, sensual experience uh, mm-hmm. in terms of color and texture and the way flavors come together. And yeah. um, and are you? I don't actually think I've ever asked you, but are you completely self-taught when it comes to your cooking, or how did you? Yeah. I mean, yes. Um, I worked in restaurants for like twelve years. Okay. Front of the house. Yeah. Um. So just being exposed to all the really amazing menus mm-hmm. and food combinations just yeah. was like, there's just a creativity in that that I was really uh, inspired by, and so that spurred my own uh, experimentation mm-hmm. on cooking, and um, so yeah, basically, basically self-taught. Yeah. I remember leaving. It, when I first went to college and after I moved out of the dorms and I it was like this whole new world opened up in terms of food right um (laughs) realizing that I could like make asparagus that was not soggy and steamed with no salt or you had like had the only way I'd ever had it like oh I can roast asparagus and like put salt and pepper and it's crispy and it's oily and it's delicious and that happened with every ingredient like every vegetable every fruit and every process was like rediscovering it for the first time or discovering some of it for the first time um like whipping like whipping my own cream was like this revelation like Mm -hmm. I don't need to buy it from this can I can whip this cream myself and so there's something about process Mm -hmm. in that too that is nourishing to me like doing doing it by hand as much as I can right um because that that process feels like an investment of energy that's then like makes the the whole end product feel more special and more nourishing right yeah yeah that's so cool so i was curious about so i think that people think about winter especially like post holidays january i know a lot of people are like fasting or January mm-hmm. or cleansing or mm-hmm. whatever you know yeah have their commitments for the year yeah um, uh, what are those called? Resolutions, you know? And it's like, I think this is a time of year where people really naturally think about 
like ways that they're nourishing themselves or ways that they're not nourishing themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that culturally right now it's a little bit glass half empty where it's like all of these choices are kind of like, well, this month I'm not gonna do this or mm-hmm. oh I need to do this better or like it's not really like coming from a place of like, no, this is a time to hibernate and be nourishing mm-hmm. to myself. It's kind of like a a little bit of like self punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. wondering what you thought about like that. Like, do you find that you have times of year, like, do you do anything special this time of year, or is it just kind of a constant thread, or do you see people kind of like falling into this, like, I'm just not gonna eat this for thirty days or whatever, and like, how do you feel about those <clears throat> things versus just like constantly nourishing yourself? Yeah, um, I feel <laughs> like I watch and hear all of that happening all around me all the time. Right. I mean, it's always someone else. It doesn't even matter the time of year. I mean, this, I, I do get this is the, the time of year where people do like cleanses and that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. there's always some something else like, oh, I'm not, I'm not drinking an hour. Oh, I'm doing this this juice thing or I, mm-hmm. you know, the, this trying this diet and. Right. People come to those kinds of decisions for all kinds of reasons, so I want to honor, like, right. for certain health reasons, totally. like, I, I get it, um, but if it's coming from this bad place or this, like, kind of idea that that's a good thing, um, it it's worth reconsidering. <laughs> um, I, I guess this time of year, I really align with, with the energy of... Like, I, I crave more, like, hearty, rich, like, carbohydrate-rich foods, like, saucy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, warm things. And I, I just, I follow that um, because I think part of hibernation and winter is, it is it's more stillness and, and more, like, fortifying ourselves for spring when then we can, like, bring in raw salads and like lightness and not necessarily eat as much or um I I just feel like my approach is, is very seasonal in a certain way but I don't think about it too hard right and I think that's something that yeah maybe is different from the way other people do things like I, I don't get too heady around and too nitpicky around what I'm doing because I feel like sometimes that takes you out of the um just out of the flow and and the self-deprecation thing is also just counterintuitive to nourishment and like uh mentally psychologically mm-hmm. it um works against the our bodies our systems like naturally um our natural gravitation towards balance and mm-hmm. and an alignment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I mean, I, I agree with all of that, yeah. and I'm the same way. And I, you know, it's always interesting that, um, yeah, I always kind of feel like the odd man out this time of year when everyone's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm cleansing," 
Yeah. Cleansing and doing it. It's well, yeah. such a weird choice. It's, it is. It's, it's like the last time of year right. that you should, that one would think of doing a cleanse. Right. Like, it's the time of like no abundance. So we okay. need to like, like fortify. And, yeah. Eat the root vegetables. Yeah. Eat, eat the, eat the potatoes. Exactly. Eat the pasta. Eat the bread. Right. <laughs> eat, pile more cheese on. Exactly. Have, like, raise lamb shanks. Exactly. Like, yeah. And, and to not feel guilty about that. Right. Um, unless you have a really like right. dietary reaction but I think like yeah it's really important to let go of the critic like but that's not a bad thing and I think it's right. just programmed in us that that right. stuff is bad and I think part of it is like wellness culture yeah is a, is a commodified thing right and so mm-hmm. it you know just like any commodified thing it has like a marketing schedule yeah. and so everyone you know, in that's trying to sell things is like conforming to this marketing schedule. Mm-hmm. And they, they're like, oh, wow, people just spend a lot of money on others for the holidays. How do we get them to spend more money on themselves in January? Because we need to like, you know, keep the, the dollar bills rolling in or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it's like, and so I kind of feel like this whole idea of like, this is the time of year of abstinence mm-hmm. and cleansing and deprivation is like, not a real thing like that's not what nature is telling us to no, do not at it's all. like so then where did that come from well usually when it doesn't make any sense it comes from like you know corporate america or yeah. like madison avenue or whatever yeah. so i just think it's like i don't know yeah it's interesting no totally i mean yeah yeah um what made me think of um oh just like things i see on instagram like you know just because this adaptogenic tea drink mm-hmm. is like all the rage right now and it's like ostensibly really healthy and good, um, that also might not be nourishing to a specific person right. for whatever reason. And I just think that that's another piece like with the marketing and the ads and everything we're exposed to all the time and there's just these trends that it's almost impossible to stay away from. And right. so it's just like taking that step back and really like, looking at it like is is this actually like for me should i be dumping maca all over everything right now right where is the maca coming from do i want to support that like is that really the thing that i need right now um i mean maybe but maybe not right uh and i just i think that i question everything in that way and and consider if there's something that might be more nourishing and also more local or more more in season more in season yeah yeah um and i think sometimes people like think um you know it's difficult to eat seasonally mm -hmm. um and i can understand that like i lived in you know i lived in uh farmland for Mm -hmm. most of my life actually (laughs) raised on a ranch and lived in the country for many years and like mm-hmm. so I think when you live in that situation oh, most of your life. actually yeah no, wow. about it. I didn't really realize that. I mean at least half. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um so I think when you when you're in that situation like it's easier to be in tune with seasonality because yeah. you literally see it all around yeah. you and you see the harvests and you see the fallow times and you, you just see it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think like do you have any advice for people who maybe don't have that like natural attunement to mm-hmm. the seasons or to 
what the flow of what nature is offering. Yeah. Like, like, is there a way that you, I mean, is there any, have you thought about that? Like, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is, is farmer's markets just because, yeah. you know, it's the next, it's the closest thing that you can get to when living in a city that isn't the farm itself. So, right. and you can really, you can see like, this is what's in season right now, right here, right now. So, right. I mean, I feel like that's pretty obvious, but, yeah. um, but it's, it's a wonderful way to, I mean, I think just get in touch. Yeah. I think that's good advice. Cause I think yeah. people get, I mean, you know, I even do this where I'm like, oh, I don't have time or I don't have time this weekend to go. Mm-hmm. And so I get, go to the grocery store and then you kind of like forget. Like fall back into, yeah, because yeah. it's like, well, all this stuff is available. I don't really know if it's in season or not. Right. Well, another thing is is looking at um, menus of restaurants that you know right. uh, cook from local seasonal produce. And that's usually really inspiring. That's like, true. Just pull, you don't have to go anywhere. You know, pull up the Tusk <laughs> dinner menu. <laughs> right. See what they're putting on in the salads. And like, it's probably relatively what's in season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they somewhere that you know is right. Doing that's it a great right. idea, and yeah. then gets you to be inspired too. You can even get flavor combination ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I love. I mean, like I said, that's kind of like how my creativity around food even was sparked. So, I, restaurant menus are an amazing resource. That's such a great idea. I never thought about that. Like yeah. when you're sitting at home and you're like looking at your fridge and you're like, what are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> what's like what's Avakin's making? Right now? I don't know. Let's see. Um, I mean, I don't do that very often right. these days, but it's a, it is a resource. Um, yeah. You don't even have to leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. And then what else? Um, those are the first two things that pop into my mind. Yeah, those are both great ideas, you know. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, we, we're pretty attuned, so it's second nature to <clears> us, <throat> but it, we were trying to get to that place, like, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. be. Um, yeah. Um, cool. I feel like... The thing about cookbooks and recipes that can be really challenging is depending on the cookbook, you're opening it up and there's like five ingredients that are not in season, five ingredients that are like imported specialty. It's like, sure, you can make that dish, but does it make sense to make that dish? And I I encounter that all the time with cookbooks and I don't have very many at all. I mean, they're gifts, the ones I have mostly because I don't really... I don't like them very much at the time because of that reason. It's like right. I'm looking through and, oh, this looks delicious. And it's like, okay, well, this is just so like counterintuitive from a sustainability standpoint and from a seasonal standpoint that um, right. it doesn't, like, why would I make it? Yeah. Uh, and so then I just don't um, instead of trying to find everything which might be someone else's mode um, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't feel like the nourishing thing in that moment so I feel just like developing a um what's the word like uh like antenna or something developing a an intuitive yeah yeah an intuitive sense of like what you should be gravitating what what makes sense I don't know a better way to say it but what yeah. resonates in the moment for the season and where you are. And um, and I think it's really important to consider sustainability all the time, like in every decision that we make. And that, that can't be um, neglected. And no one's perfect. And I mean, I'm not perfect at all in that way. It's like almost impossible to, to I mean, everything's fossil fuel, but phone in and this and that, yeah. trapped here. But 
in little way, in little decisions, um, I feel like it still is important to consider. Yeah. Um, when we can. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you're right. Like, I mean, I'm guilty of definitely not always complying to that, but I try yeah. to be. And I think too, like, try to be conscious at least. Yeah, and I think too, a lot of times I think about, you know, people ask me about like my meditation practice a lot, and honestly. Mm-hmm. At this point, I would say that like the bulk of my meditation practice is just being aware of mm-hmm. what I'm doing, mm-hmm. right? So it's like yeah, it's that. It's that you know. It's, it's like you can turn um, cooking, you can mm-hmm. turn shopping, you can turn mm-hmm. shopping for food, shopping for clothes. You can turn how you make your coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. You can turn any action that you're doing into a meditative yeah action mm-hmm. and I think med- that meditative action and the concept of and the energy of nourishment go hand in hand like mm-hmm. they're totally symbiotic and yeah. and so just it's like you know people go oh I can't meditate I can't sit still and be quiet mm-hmm. and it's like well don't do that then yeah. just like think about the like every step of how you make your morning beverage and everything that goes into it and the quality of those ingredients and how you got those things and mm-hmm. which cup, which mug it's going to go into. Mm-hmm. And like just that process can be highly, highly, highly meditative. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like a really great pathway into meditative being and meditative thinking. Yeah. yeah. It isn't like sitting. You have to sit. And, yeah. Yeah. No, it's anything can become a, yeah. an act of consciousness and right. an act of meditation. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, I really feel like it, it, it all in some ways boils down to choices. Not that one is good or bad or, you know, right or wrong necessarily, but it's just considering like right. sitting with, okay, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. Like, Am I am I doing something out of habit or am I doing it out of consciousness? Right. And I feel like that's just that that is like one of the biggest pieces almost, I think. Like that's super true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I just grabbing the whatever that looks like whatever because like the bag that's I don't know, <laughs> this like plastic bag to like take something in because I have it right there? Or am I am I like thinking about how I want it to feel and what I want the energy of it to be. And so then I grab something different or, mm-hmm. I mean, which you can apply to everything, yeah. food, clothing, everything, <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So choices and consciousness. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you bring in meditation because I, I feel like, yeah, that's just like right at the heart of it in, cer- in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. It's the, it's same, all the same process. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to just talk a little bit about nourishment in terms of like, because you also teach yoga and, mm-hmm. um, about that, you know, nourishment for the, for movement mm-hmm. and like how you approach, because I think sometimes think people think of nourishment and they think food, mm-hmm. like I think that's maybe the first thing they would think of and then they might think of like, you know, how they spend their time or something. Yeah maybe people, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, is a big part of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, I mean, nourishment, I think, like, again, I think in our culture, when people think about, like, being healthy or going to the gym or whatever, or even going to a yoga class, like, they think of it as, like, oh, I need to, I need to do this thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's, like, healthy. Right. 
but there's like I feel like your approach to it has always been much different it's like no I'm doing this thing because it's nourishing Mm -hmm. it's nourishing my body as much as it is making it strong or making me healthier I feel Mm -hmm. like your approach is always and the way that you teach yoga I feel like it's very you you bring out the nourishing aspects of it Mm. and so I was just curious like about that like how you kind of came into that and like how you how you kind of what's different about your practice Mm -hmm. in that realm yeah gosh a big question. <laughs> I'm like, it's oh. uh, a good question. Um, I yeah, I was just thinking. I was just like thinking of my yoga journey, like visualizing it when you said that, and thinking about when I was like, you know, in my early twenties, like practicing yoga, and how it was always something I just felt a resonance with. So I I practiced, um, but I did a lot of like. I would just like go to the vinyasa class and move and sweat and feel good and leave and um, there was always a pull in terms of a spiritual component for me um, towards it and I mean obviously that's the heart of the practice but not necessarily in the West. Right. Um, so yeah, but then I think it really started to shift when I. Um, like when I was doing my yoga teacher training, when I finally decided I wanted to go that direction and when I really started having more of a home practice and my home practice was like so different from my, my public practice. Um, and my home practice was very like multifaceted, just, it, I, let, I, I actually just practiced letting it be whatever it wanted to be. And, and trying, and, and I, it was nothing like a class. It was like, it would be like rolling on lacrosse balls and then doing some like asana. And sometimes I'd get up and have a dance party with myself and like, <laughs> and then, you know, going back and doing like a bunch of yin poses and it, it would, and journaling and listening to music. And, you know, it would be this kind of, I mean, it's it was more than just a rigid, I, I let it be not rigid, I guess. Mm-hmm. I um, moved away from that rigidity, which, you know, sometimes yoga can feel kind of rigid. Yeah. And especially like if you look at the, some of the teachers and the books, it's like, it, there's, there's a certain rigidity. And I honor, like, I honor the, the roots of it and everything, but I think that there's, um, there's just space for more exploration. And I think my practice exploration is at the heart of it mm-hmm. um, because it lets us tune into nuance. And without exploration, we don't have the opportunity to like really go deep and under and, and understand what's happening inside on a really deep level. Mm-hmm. We just don't even give ourselves that opportunity. Um, so I try to incorporate exploration into my classes and leave it very open-ended a lot of the time so that um <laughs> sorry it's the new technology really oh. okay. um yeah so that people I like to invite people into their own experience of exploring their own systems right like their own bodies their own emotions their own minds and that that is almost the more most important thing in some ways and by exploring we come into into connection with ourselves, mm-hmm. usually in some way, 
Um, and by coming into connection with ourselves, so much can happen from that space. We get to know ourselves, and we and when we know ourselves, um, yeah. we can know others, <laughs> and we can function more fluidly in the world. So, um, yeah. So exploration and uh, and I just, I mean, I I've also done a yoga therapy training, um, but even before that, I I feel like I was really conscious of like of just the therapeutic aspects of yoga. I mean it is it is inherently therapy. Um mm -hmm. just it's in its very nature, I feel like. And um I really like to kind of go against the grain of the mainstream yoga culture. Um because I mean things are things are changing, so I don't wanna be I don't wanna like make a blanket statement, but um but so many classes are just so fast-paced, and they're very um, asana-driven. Um, and that actually, a lot of the time, uh, you know, students are running on adrenaline, and that's not really nourishing. <laughs> it might feel nourishing in the moment um, and feel enlivening and exciting, and people leave feeling um, pumped up, and that's great. Um, but it's not necessarily long-lasting, and it doesn't actually bring the body into um, a state of ease um, or grounding. I mean, it can, but uh, that's a big part of my teaching and my practice, and especially in like the pace of our world and the mm -hmm. craziness of our world. We all need grounding and we all need ease. We don't really need to learn how to move faster and go harder. Um, so I feel like it's important to teach people that. Yeah. Um, to, or just to, sh to share that. Like, it's okay to slow down and, and like, we need to practice it actually. Um, because it's, subversive like it goes it goes against the grain yeah um yeah so i feel like there, there's something about slowness that's all that i also find to be really nourishing mm -hmm. because it allows us to be present mm -hmm. and by being present um we can really like take in so much more mm -hmm. um so the same experience being really present versus being distracted like I bet that the present version is, is much more nourishing in the end, um, like looking back on it and the felt sense during the, during the experience. Um, I think that's, yeah. thing. that's awesome. I love that. I've never actually asked you that. I love like hearing it from you because it's like, you know, I mean, I know you now for years and it's like, oh yeah, I get, I get what you're doing, but like, I'm mm. to like actually hear you talk about it. It's just so cool. Mm. Um, I mean, this is like, we could talk for hours. No, I know. That's why I was like, I don't even know where to begin to say. Like, oh, we could like. But say I love part. that. Like, it's it is subversive to yeah to go slow. Yeah. Like it's kind of punk rock. Like, it, really, it, actually. I know. <laughs> That's how I feel. And it's, and it's also it's challenging because I mean my yin class is like has a people people are more and more gravitating to yin, mm -hmm. um, but in the like. Teaching a Hatha class, like, it sort of rides that line of, like, 
well, it's not a hardcore flow and it's not yin. So what is this? Right. <laughs> um, and it's like, well, this is my practice. It's like holding poses for five minutes sometimes and breathing. And that's, and that's how transformation happens right. in my experience. Um, yeah, like we, when we move slow and we're present with something, things actually shift. So and that's nourishing. It is. <laughs> and that's what, that's training for aware. That's training your awareness. Yeah. I mean, that's what Hatha that's yeah. what yoga was for. <laughs> yeah, that's why they came up with that. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so so we okay. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what you wrote? Because I'm just curious. I think we you... probably touched on. Oh it, really? Okay. Honestly, cool. well, let me just peek what I wrote. Um, yeah, I was writing about the senses and you know taking things in in all different ways, um, and energy, and. Um, yeah, nourishment being the right medicine for the moment. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, cream in my coffee today might be really nourishing. And cream in my coffee tomorrow might not be nourishing. And the, the heart of that is awareness. Like, tuning in. Like, mm -hmm. what do I need right now? Am I feeling really heavy? Like, do I, do I, do I need to have some tea this morning? Am I feeling good and I want some like hearty cream in my cup? Like those kinds of decisions. So I think about medicine and how medicine is really good for when you need it. And then it's, it can be toxic sometimes when you don't need it. And it's just honing that attunement to your inner, your body, your whole being so that you know, uh, it's like a, that compass, like, you know when something is going to be potentially nourishing. And sometimes you make decisions that are wrong, but that's part of developing that attunement with yourself, mm -hmm. um, which takes time. It really takes time. I mean, it's taken me years to like really just keep feeling into that and, and knowing my own um, system. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that piece. What that's else? Cool. What else yeah. did I write down? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, this is great. I see. I think this is so cool because it's like the, the like the idea behind this was like you know, like you know, you have to kind of whatever. I guess you have to promote your business, whatever. But like, I just don't like. There's like everything that's been said about anything in terms of selling anything has been said. Right? Mm -hmm. Like. If I have to use that space, like I want to use it to in a way that's yeah. like helpful for yeah, people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it's like, oh man, I know so many amazing people that have such a beautiful take on like living. Totally. And like, no one ever really talks about this stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, you might have a couple people in your life that you yeah talk about it directly with, and then you have friends that you kind of intuit it, like us, like mm -hmm. sometimes we talk about it, but sometimes yeah. we just kind of intuit it. Yeah. Um, and then you have this whole vast swath of people that like you never talk about this stuff with, right, right? right. You know? Yeah. And I think it's like, it's important, you know, and not in this kind of like, because Gwyneth Paltrow said so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, you know. Yeah. But it's, it's important to share things that feel good yeah. and your process because yeah, your process. there might you know I mean I feel like everything I've learned about my processes over the years mm -hmm. have been 
some discovery and exploration, like you said, which I think mm-hmm. is so true. But sometimes it's just like having an open conversation with yeah. where there's like a real truth being yeah. passed from one person to another. And, oh, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's yeah. like I knew we were thinking about that or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. It's like I know a lot of my, especially my food stuff has definitely mm-hmm. come from much more from the exposure to people that are just really super deeply attuned and aware yeah. and like, you know, just being inspired by that. Yeah. Has made me become more curious. Right, right, right. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you telling me about like things Tyler has told you, like little yeah. tips. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I'm always like, like, what are you I'm doing? I'm always in like there? hovering. <laughs> yeah. Is this like cooking <laughs> lesson? <laughs> totally. Secret cooking lesson. You said I could find any help, but like, it's like, um, yeah. Thank you for joining us for the Gazette. From Association Studio, Shop, in Portland, Oregon. A shop for body and mind, a studio for psychic and somatic explorations.